Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder, any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Yo, welcome back to the podcast and thanks for tuning into this solo episode about how not to panic about fitness during the holidays. My aim with this episode is to help you find the right balance for you between honoring your health and fitness goals and making the most of the festivities. To start, I think that panicking about fitness during the holidays looks a little bit different among different people. In my experience as a coach and as an athlete, the two main conflicts I've encountered are the following. The first one is that the people who really love training and nutrition, and they are super serious about both all year round, really struggle to relax during this festive period. At the same time, deep down, they would want to relax and loosen up around fitness a little bit more. However, if they do it, they feel a little bit guilty, or if they force themselves not to do it, then they feel like they're missing out. The second conflict is for people who struggle a bit more with staying consistent with fitness, and maybe at this point in the year, they've been working really hard on creating healthier habits. And now because of the abundance of foods that are quite tempting to them, that are highly palatable, higher in calories, well, I say tempting to them, they tend to be tempting for all of us because we're human and they are, these foods are engineered to be more tempting. Anyway, these people find that striking the right balance between maintaining the healthier habits they've been working on and also enjoying these foods in moderation can be really difficult. And and again, it comes with feelings of guilt, inadequacy and failure. So in both cases, the common denominator is this collection of negative feelings like guilt and shame that lead you to being unable to fully enjoy this time of year and the opportunity that you get to make memories with your loved ones. So with this podcast, I really want to tackle those negative feelings and hopefully help you reframe this period so that you don't see it as an enemy of your fitness, but as a season of your life that can coexist with your fitness and health goals. And in order to achieve this balance, what I want to help you with is to create a mindset of compromise. So I took some time to collect all of the strategies that have helped my clients the most over the years to look back on the holiday period afterwards and feel satisfied with how they were able 
to balance fitness and the festivities. I've divided these strategies into four different categories based on the timeline. So the first category is for behaviors that, that apply to the entirety of the holiday period. The second category comprises behaviors that you're going to likely engage with during the week of Christmas. The third category applies to behaviors that you're going to engage with on Christmas Eve and or Christmas Day. And then the fourth and final category applies to behaviors that you're going to engage with after the holiday period. Now, if you're listening and you're thinking, uh, dude, I don't celebrate Christmas. I celebrate an entire different holiday, which is still over this period of time. In that case, when I get to category number two for the behaviors to apply during the week of Christmas and category number three for the behaviors to apply on the specific day of the festivity, I say Christmas, but take it to mean any holiday that you might be celebrating. There is uh, no strategy I'm going to mention that is Christmas specific. Christmas is simply what I grew up with being Italian. So let's begin with the strategies that I would recommend for the entirety of the holiday period. So from the day that you listen to this podcast onwards. The first strategy is to choose an appropriate fitness goal that is realistic for this time of year. And in my experience, the best to aim for is to maintain your weight. So you wouldn't be trying to diet for fat loss or for muscle gain. Instead, you would be eating an appropriate amount of calories and nutrients that would allow you to maintain your weight within a range of a few pounds. And unfortunately, this is the least popular of all fitness goals because a lot of people associate maintenance with stagnation. And I actually made a post on my Instagram account a few weeks ago on how this view of maintenance, in my opinion, is flawed because maintenance is far from stagnation. From the perspective of somebody on a fat loss journey, maintenance is the ultimate goal. You don't want to be losing body fat forever. You want to lose body fat and eventually maintain that weight. And science shows us, research shows us, that the majority of people who can lose weight successfully then tend to regain it. So in other words, most diets are actually successful. It's the aftermath of the diet where people fail because they end up again regaining that weight. And so they get into this cycle called yo-yo dieting where they diet down, they regain the weight, they diet down again. And in my opinion, a big contributor to this yo-yo dieting cycle is the fact that the majority of people who don't have me as a coach um, don't ever aim for maintenance. They either aim for fat loss or they, quote unquote, eat whatever. And therefore, they enter an unintentional caloric surplus and regain weight. So in other words, most people are bad at maintaining weight because they never practice it. And that is why taking the holiday season as an opportunity to practice maintenance for a couple of weeks or even for a full month or longer is a 
really good approach to boost your future fat loss results. From the perspective of muscle gain, although being in a caloric surplus is a more time efficient way to build muscle, it would be incorrect to think that you're not going to build any muscle by being at maintenance calories. If you're pushing yourself in the gym, you have good form, you're targeting the muscles you want to grow, you're pushing close enough to failure, and you are being consistent with your program first and foremost, then there is no reason to believe that you're not building muscle. The only way you don't build muscle is if you don't train. So hopefully this has persuaded you that maintenance is most definitely a worthy goal. And in addition to that, it still requires discipline. So it's not a free-for-all. When I say maintenance, I mean it. The goal is to maintain your weight within a certain range. It is not to forget all about the fitness habits that you've been building and start over in the new year. But at the same time, it doesn't require as much discipline as fat loss or muscle gain in a surplus. So again, I think it's very appropriate at a time of year where you might want to relax, you might be very busy with finishing off everything you have to do at work so that you can take time off to spend with your loved ones. You might also be very busy arranging family gatherings and going on trips or whatever else that you like filling your life with at this time of year. And when we're busier, having a more flexible goal ensures that we have a higher chance of accomplishing it. With that said, I'm not going to say you can never diet for fat loss or muscle gain during the holidays. If you want to be in a caloric deficit or in a surplus, it's your choice. I would simply advise that you consider whether you fit this criterion, this, this criteria, apologies. So the first criterion is that you have a deadline, like a photo shoot or a bodybuilding competition or any other kind of sporting endeavor with a specific date where you need to be in a certain body shape, so you need to manipulate your weight. In that case, you might not be able to, quote-unquote, afford to go back to maintenance. You might have to stay in a surplus or in a deficit. The second criterion is that staying in a deficit or surplus is actually realistic for you. And what I mean by realistic, if you're in a caloric deficit, you've got to ask yourself how many days you'll be spending with family and friends, if any, how many festive meals you might decide to attend, and how frequently you'll be exposed to high-calorie Christmas or festive food. And then you have to decide, is it actually realistic to expect that you'll be able to stay in a caloric deficit based on the answers you've given yourself? If you're in a caloric surplus to build muscle, what you've got to ask yourself is how busy you're going to be and how realistic it is to follow your usual muscle building program. Because remember, being in a caloric surplus enables you to have enough energy and enough protein and nutrients to make the process of muscle growth a little bit faster. But ultimately, it's training that triggers muscle growth to begin with. So if you find yourself having to skip workouts or potentially having to take a time where you train less frequently, so you don't skip workouts, but maybe instead of training four days per week, 
you and your coach come up with a program that only includes two sessions per week, then I would argue that potentially two sessions aren't enough for you to trigger muscle growth. And therefore, it would be more, more effective to stay at maintenance calories instead so that you don't accumulate unnecessary body fat. In general, all of my clients are people who are trying to make a long-term lifestyle change. And I think a lot of you, dear listeners, are as well. And these same people tend to spend the holidays with their family and friends. And sometimes, not always, they have a slightly reduced amount of time to spend in the gym or training every week. So my clients, at least, wouldn't fit these two criteria that I've mentioned. And if that's the case for you as well, then being in a surplus or in a deficit over the holidays would only be frustrating and demoralizing. And if you start the new year feeling frustrated and demoralized, what are the chances that you're going to be successful with your fitness goals in the future, right? So set yourself up for success and take a break from a surplus or a deficit and return to maintenance calories. Now, my second suggestion builds up from the first. So you've decided that aiming for weight maintenance is the best choice for you. Then I would recommend to maintain some of what are called self-monitoring strategies. Self-monitoring means monitoring yourself. (laughs) Duh. And these strategies are proven to yield better results in terms of weight maintenance. And they include tracking calories, tracking your activity, so your cardio, your steps, and your training, and tracking your body weight. And when I say proven, I mean that there is research on their effectiveness. For example, there's a research paper titled What Behaviors Are Important for Successful Weight Maintenance by Nakade and colleagues. And these researchers found that, and I'm quoting from the paper, consistently keeping records of one's activities as well as regularly weighing themselves may be important for successful weight maintenance. So circling back to what I was saying before, maintenance still requires discipline. You're not going to be able to maintain your current results or get better results if you don't include a degree of discipline at any point in your life. Unfortunately, there is no context in which having your cake and eating it means that you just forget about all of the habits and the discipline that you've been working on and you can go on autopilot and maintain or improve your current results. With that said, there are ways to make these uh, self-recording, self-monitoring, less strict than it might have been at other times of year. This will depend on how comfortable you are with changing the strategies that you're currently using to monitor yourself and how much experience you have with other strategies because you also don't want to choose a more flexible self-monitoring strategy that creates a lot of stress or that you're not very well equipped to be successful with because for a lot of us, The holidays are a stressful period. There is a lot to do. So don't set yourself up for failure by choosing something that constitutes an extra challenge in and of itself. 
at the same time, bear in mind that you can choose more flexible strategies. And one that comes to mind immediately is maybe for at least a few days over this holiday period, you might not want to track your calories if that's what you're doing regularly at the moment. So in that case, you might think, well, I must keep tracking or else I can't self-monitor my eating. However, if you've been tracking calories for a relatively long period of time, then you already know a lot about nutrition and healthy eating or healthful eating. In that case, you could replace calorie tracking with keeping a written food diary or taking pictures of your food. And these are two effective ways to keep yourself accountable and keep track of what you're eating without necessarily having to log everything into your calorie tracking app and weighing all of the foods that you're eating. My last strategy for this category of uh, strategies to apply for the entire holiday period might sound like it can apply to the week of Christmas or the festivity that you're celebrating or the day of the specific festivity, but I would recommend that you start working on it as soon as you realistically can. And this strategy is to pick your quote-unquote festive meals. And I'm sure you know what I mean by that. These are meals that you're not going to track the calories and macros of very, very accurately. They're meals where you're likely going to be with friends and or family, and meals where you're going to choose foods that are potentially higher in calories than what you would normally eat. Although we have a lot of festive food available from as early as the beginning of November, which I think is a bit uh, premature, but that's uh, marketing for you. Up until the beginning of January, that doesn't mean that you have to eat a box of mince pies every day or an entire panettone or pandoro every day up until the 1st of January. So my suggestion is to mindfully choose the meals that are most important to you and when you think you will really want to enjoy some of these foods that you wouldn't have at other times of year. And if you choose one to three days where you have these festive meals, those aren't going to make or break your body composition and your health. In addition, by choosing them, you you can already look forward to them and that has a positive effect in some people whereby if you know that you've got that one meal or that couple of meals to look forward to it's a lot easier to not give into the temptation of eating a little bit extra every single day and we need to be realistic about the fact that this temptation is very much present for all of us. And I actually looked into research about this. And most studies show that most people gain body fat during the holidays. And most importantly, they don't make up for it. In other words, they gain body fat and they don't lose it. So that year after year, this contributes to the development of overweight and then obesity, which in turn leads to life-threatening complications like cardiovascular disease or type 2 diabetes. And these studies have been conducted in many westernized countries from 
America to Europe. So it seems to be a common issue among a lot of people in westernized countries. So we need to be aware that this is an actual risk that's even been proven in research. And I'm sure if I ask any of you listeners, you can attest to the truth of this research anecdotally. And for that reason, I believe that this strategy of choosing your festive meals as soon as possible and limiting them to one to three is going to be a really important strategy for you to be able to manage your weight more successfully during this period of time without giving up on having some of these extra calories and festive foods that you might not get the opportunity to eat at other times of year and that do contribute to your enjoyment of the holiday potentially. So that's a wrap for the strategies you can implement for the entirety of the holiday period. As a quick recap, one would be to aim to maintain your weight. Number two would be to maintain some self-monitoring strategies, although you can choose more flexible ones if you need to or if you want to. And finally, you would pick, I say one to three meals. I don't want to give a specific rule for this, but pick a limited number of festive meals and aim to eat as you normally would in a, if you already have healthful habits in place the rest of the time. Now, for the strategies to implement the week of Christmas, let's start with training. Up until the week of the holiday you're going to celebrate, you could train as normal unless you had some changes to your schedule that are independent of the festive period, obviously. Then, personally, during the week of Christmas, I like to go for a deload so that I don't have to worry about going to the gym as many times as I normally would and training as hard as I normally would. And as a result of being of deloading, then I also keep my calories at maintenance rather than being in a deficit or in a surplus. I normally recommend a similar approach to those clients of mine who have a very busy holiday week where they spend a lot of time with friends and family, and to any client who would want to go down that route. The principle behind my strategy, so I'm not saying you have to follow my strategy, what I would like you to understand is the principle behind it and to apply it to your own lifestyle. And this principle is to train as much as you feel is actually realistic for you. Don't commit to your standard training program if there's no way in hell that you're going to be able to fit it into the week. It's much better to aim for what's actually realistic and accomplish it than to still only accomplish what's realistic, but aim aim for higher. For example, what's realistic for you might be to train twice, but you commit to training four days as usual. Now, if you had committed to training twice and you end up ended up training twice, you would feel really good about yourself because you would have been able to stick to the promise you'd made to yourself. But if you committed to training four times and then you only trained twice, see, now you're already telling yourself, I only train twice. And at the end of the day, you train twice in both scenarios, but if you commit to more, you feel bad. And if you commit to just what's realistic, you feel good about yourself. So choose to feel good about yourself. My second recommendation is to communicate your boundaries with your loved ones 
ahead of time. And if you haven't already, I would recommend that you listen to episode 19, which was titled Balancing Fat Loss Success with Eating Out and Holiday Meals. And in that episode, I went into a lot more detail on how to establish boundaries with your loved ones in regards to training and nutrition. In this particular case, examples might include explaining what you're going or not going to eat or drink during a specific festive meal and why you're not going to eat or drink that specific food so that your loved ones know that you're not trying to disrespect them or you're not underappreciating the amount of effort they might have put into making a certain food or drink for that festive occasion and that they understand that the reason why you're making these choices is because you really care about your fitness goals. It doesn't mean you don't love them. It simply means that you are very committed to your own goals. And in my opinion, the sooner you can communicate these boundaries, the more prepared for your behavior your loved ones are going to be. So there's going to be less surprise and hopefully fewer comments like, oh, come on, one won't hurt, or oh, why aren't you having that? You've always had it, and so on and so forth. If they already know ahead of time, why would they make those comments, right? You've already explained it to them. Now, moving on to the third category of strategies, which are those to apply on the festive day. The first one is not to starve yourself before the holiday meal. Because if you do, if you have teeny tiny meals until Christmas dinner, come Christmas dinner, even if you've got the most specific plan in the world about exactly what to eat and how much to eat, you're going to want to eat the entire table, including the wooden table itself. So instead of eating as little as possible, prioritize choosing foods that, one, make you feel good, two, help you manage hunger, and three, foods that will help you balance out the nutrients in the festive meal. For example, in many festive foods, you have an abundance of carbs and fats. For example, all desserts are essentially carbs and fats. For that reason, if you want to balance out those nutrients, what you would prioritize the rest of the day is fruit, vegetables, and protein, which incidentally are also foods that tend to make people feel good and manage, and they help them manage hunger effectively. So you don't have to go look for really different foods to fit all these three criteria. If you prioritize fruit, veg, and protein, you cover all of these three bases. Now, when you sit down at the table, you have a beautiful spread in front of you. Before you start piling food onto your plate, take a moment to make a mindful decision about what you're going to eat if you haven't planned for that already. You don't have to eat every food on the table just because it's there. You also don't have to bring your Tupperware to the Christmas table and just eat chicken, rice, and broccoli. A compromise between these two opposites or extremes is to choose 
out of all the foods that you wouldn't normally eat on a regular basis that are higher in calories than others and maybe lower in nutrients, choose only those that are truly worth it to you. I'm sure at least one of you, dear listeners, will have been at a holiday meal once in their life and after eating, they looked back on it and thought, oh man, I ended up eating all this food. Now I feel sluggish, bloated. I'm carrying around a full baby, a food baby for a whole day. And I didn't even particularly want that one pie. All I wanted was the pudding. But then I also had the pie. Why did I do that? So if that resonates, again, making this mindful choice before you start eating is going to be really helpful. Speaking of mindfulness, my next suggestion is to pay attention to the way you're feeling as much as you can throughout the meal. First of all, once you have the food you've chosen in front of you, ask yourself, how do I want this meal slash food slash this quantity of food to make me feel afterwards? Again, do you want to feel sluggish, tired, overtly full and bloated, or do you want to feel full of energy? And also satisfied that you ate a nourishing meal, but also some highly palatable, lowering nutrient food that you really, really like. So when you ask yourself that question, you can then be more aware specifically of the quantity of food that you're going to eat. And a really good way to monitor that quantity is to slow down the speed at which you're eating so that you can be more in tune with your hunger and fullness signals. Because it takes at least 15 to 20 minutes for your body to realize that it is physically full. And if you eat too fast, there's plenty of research showing that we all tend to overeat when we eat too fast. Now, as I said earlier, you can choose whether to track the calories and macros of this meal or whether you are you want to choose to not track this meal. And again, I will refer you to episode 19 for advice on how to track calories and manage them across the week, or how to make food choices that are still healthful and aligned with your goals without tracking calories. So again, episode 19 is your one-stop shop to answer both of these questions. The next tip that I have is on mindset, and it is to remember that these holidays aren't just about the food. They're about the people that you're surrounding yourself with. So prioritizing food that, yes, you enjoy, but also that nourishes you and makes you feel good helps you prioritize the people that you're spending this time with. Because if you're too full, sluggish, tired, you're carrying the food baby around, essentially you're just going to spend the rest of the afternoon or the rest of the day snoring on the couch, feeling a bit shit about yourself. And that's not going to allow you to spend quality time with your loved ones. That's why I make all of these recommendations on nutrition. The, ma- the purpose of them isn't just to help you manage your weight, which I say just, it's obviously a very important and valuable goal for your long-term health and fitness. But it's also for a much more short-term aim 
of truly enjoying this day or these days, plural, to the fullest. Lastly, for this category of strategies to apply on the specific festive day, I recommend that you stay active in some way that feels good to you in order to help with digestion and also potentially to help you bond with your loved ones. For example, a walk is a really simple yet very effective way to help with digestion after a big meal and also to bond with your relatives or friends because you can invite them along. If you had the time and if you truly enjoyed the idea, you could also go for a lifting session before the large holiday meal because the energy, the protein and the carbs in the festive meal are going to help you recover from that training session. And good recovery is paramount to making gains. Circling back to what I was saying earlier, choose what's realistic for you to do. However, I would recommend against spending the entire day sitting down and nursing your food baby. Now, the final category of behaviors or strategy strategies is for behaviors and strategies to apply after the holidays. The first one is very important. The day after the festivities end, get back to your normal fitness routine right away with no compensatory behaviors. And by that, I mean, you're not going to lower your calories in the days following a festive meal unless you had it planned beforehand. And you're also not going to overdo physical activity to quote unquote, make up for that festive meal. Doing either sets you up for a really negative relationship with exercise and nutrition. And I went through that during the years of my eating disorder. And I wouldn't wish that upon any of you, dear listeners. I remember distinctly, there was a time when I spent, I got the opportunity to spend Christmas in Rome because my aunt and her partner lived there at the time. And my aunt is my mother's sister. So my mother took me and my two younger brothers to Rome for, I believe it was a week. So amazing opportunity. I grew up near Venice uh, and I didn't get to go to Rome that often. So it was a fantastic opportunity. Uh, It was a great day to spend with my family, Christmas Day, that is. And what I did was I went for an extenuating run before Christmas lunch. And I was extremely anxious for the entirety of that lunch about the possibility that I would eat an accidental extra bite of lamb, because lamb is something we eat in Italy. I know it's not as popular in other countries uh, like America, but we do um, make lamb sometimes, especially for special occasions. So I was so concerned that I would accidentally eat a little bit of extra lamb or extra bread or whatever it was. And at the time, I did have very, very disordered eating behaviors and a very disordered mindset. If I, I don't recall if I was already only dealing with disordered eating or if I was still in the throes of my eating disorder, but based on what the story I'm recounting now, I think I was still in the depth of the eating disorder itself because I truly believed that 
that one extra meal was going to make me gain actual body fat. I was by far less educated than I am now about the reality of nutrition and the effect of extra calories on your body composition. But my point is that I compensated for this festive meal beforehand with that super long extenuating run. I then also really restricted my caloric intake during the festive meal itself and I did my mental health no favors. So don't be like younger me. Get back into your normal fitness routine without compensating. Set yourself up for success. My second suggestion applies most to people who struggle more than others with eating festive foods or high calorie foods in moderation and it's to get rid of leftovers. If you know that if you have a food in the house, you're definitely going to eat it and you're not going to be able to moderate its consumption, then it's best to give it to somebody else. You don't have to throw it away necessarily if you feel that it would be a waste, but maybe take it to a food bank or give it to a member of your family or to a friend. Make them happy and help yourself at the same time. Two birds, one stone. And that's a wrap for all of the strategies that I wanted to give you for this holiday period. I've just realized that I did a recap for the strategies to apply for the entirety of the holiday period, and then I failed to do that for all the other categories I covered. However, hopefully, there weren't so many strategies that you got super confused. But I apologize for that. I completely forgot that I started with the recap and then didn't um, continue with that trend. So, in summary, what you want to achieve during this period is balance between your fitness goals and enjoying the festivities. And in order to do that, you need to adopt a mindset of compromise. And if the goal is compromise, then there are no quote-unquote good or quote-unquote bad food or exercise choices. The kind of choices that I would want you to make is the kind that after the holiday period, you can look back on without regret. And it doesn't matter if these choices entailed having a couple of slices of Pandoro and not train for a couple of weeks because you never relax, or whether these choices entailed tracking your calories for the majority of the days and making sure you're scheduled your training sessions so that you could get them in because you know that you are the kind of person that struggles a little bit more to get back into a fitness routine if you relax a little bit too much. There is no point labeling choices as good or bad because fitness has, not, has nothing to do with morality, for one. Two, what might be a quote-unquote good choice for me might not be the quote-unquote best choice for you. And lastly, the purpose of fitness is not to feel morally worthy or righteous or quote-unquote good. It's to improve your health, which includes many aspects of your life, from mental to physical to social to spiritual health. And it is to add to your life, not to take away from it. So to wrap up this episode, what I wish for you over this festive period is to truly strike 
that balance so that you can honor your fitness and health, but also honor this special time of year if you do happen to celebrate and if it is important to you. As always, all of the research papers I've mentioned during this podcast, and even some I haven't mentioned by title, but that I made a reference to, will be listed in the show notes, where you'll also find all the links that you might want to check out in order to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook, sign up for my newsletter, work with me one-on-one, and so on and so forth. And lastly, thanks so much for tuning in and for lending me your ear today. And until next time. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast and help me reach more people, please leave a five-star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening and I'll speak to you soon.